Have you ever considered getting an ADHD diagnosis? Does it feel really intimidating and daunting? Does it feel like the exact kind of thing that you would put off for months because you're ADHD? (laughs) Yeah, me too. But today we're going to talk about how scary it can be and how to actually go through with it anyways. Welcome to the Mother Plus Podcast, the show for too much moms who feel like they suck at motherhood and want to understand themselves and not suck anymore. By the end of this episode, you will know exactly what steps to take to get a diagnosis. You will get a better understanding of why the medication route can be so triggering for some people. And at the risk of sounding dramatic, this episode might help you take the steps that will change your life. It changed mine. All right, let's talk about it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Mother Plus Podcast. We hope you all had a really wonderful Valentine's Day. I will say that this was my favorite one yet because it was the first time I did Valentine's Day for myself and not with little to no expectation of how my husband was going to bring me love or joy on Valentine's Day. It was a very like self-loving day. And I just want to pass that message on to all of you listening and to all of my friends as I did on Valentine's Day. So I have Steph here and we are continuing our ADHD conversation. Hi, everybody. I have to tell you, my Valentine's Day was similar, but also because I'm divorced. And so I feel like all of the single people on Valentine's Day had Miley Cyrus's I Can Buy Myself Flowers just playing on a loop. And so by my version of buying myself flowers was having a co-working date with one of my good friends, a gluten-free cookie and a latte at the coffee shop. And then I ended with a a lavender bath and some sparkling rosé. So I treated myself very beautifully. So whether you have to by default or you choose to, you should always prioritize your self-love. And oddly enough, this is a weird segue, but doing this series on ADHD in motherhood feels a lot like self-love. I feel like this whole thing has been like one big self-compassion bath. And Stacey's going to share her perspective, which her experience was a little bit different than mine of getting diagnosed and how she felt about it. But it feels so good to talk about it and tell the story. So today we are going to talk about um, this this part of Stacey's process. I think whenever a woman, maybe especially in her 30s or 40s, decides to pursue a diagnosis, just the process can be very daunting. I have a joke in my stand-up comedy set right now about like the process of getting evaluated and how I kept forgetting to call. And then I couldn't remember if they called me back or was it my turn? Did I call them back or did I just think about calling them back? And I'm like, maybe that's the whole screening process. They're like three times now, this one didn't call us back. We're just going to door dash her some Ritalin. And it, it does feel a little bit like an uphill battle to get diagnosed. It feels like there are a lot of obstacles in the way. And it finally took a friend being like, here, here's the contact for my practitioner. And and finally it fell into place. So tell us what the steps to getting diagnosed looked like for you. I don't want to scare anybody off, but it has felt and it still feels difficult because like Steph said, it's almost like this test. Like if you have ADHD, this is going to be very difficult for you because Mm -hmm. it requires a lot of follow-up. It requires you going on your insurance website and, you know, it, it requires you to do things 
that aren't in your normal routine and that appear very boring on the surface, right? But I want you to ignore all of that if you are somebody who wants to and is curious or needs to get a screening because you have to go through this to get to the next step. And I will say that I'm in a really good place compared to where I was over the last month when I had all of this stress and anxiety and thinking, I really need to do something about this. So So feel the stress and do it anyway. Like our motto, feel the guilt and do it anyway. It is going to be overwhelming because chances are you don't like getting on your insurance website and making all the phone calls and doing all the research. And so you're going to avoid it. So feel the overwhelm and do it anyway. Love it. Good point. All right. So this is going to be so basic. And I'm only telling you this because if you're listening to this, you're probably ADHD and the little details are what scares you. So you just, you need to start by getting your insurance card out and either calling the number on the back or logging onto their website and going to the providers tab and finding out what psychiatrists are covered under your plan. All right. So you're going to do that first. The easiest way for me to do that was I called the number because that felt like less work than me searching through a website and having hundreds to choose from. So I have Cigna insurance. I called the number. I I fortunately was met by a very nice lady on the other hand who said, hey, I'll just send you a couple of options for providers, which I loved because then I didn't have this overwhelming list, right? So I called the first one and then I them. I'm looking to get screened for ADHD. I don't think I want to take drugs, but I do want to know if I am diagnosed or not so that I can take that information to a therapist and work with her on alternative treatments. So they then set me up with a virtual appointment where I didn't even have to go in. And they sent me an email with about 10 forms, which I I put on my Instagram as is this part of the test (laughs) because you have to click each link and you have to enter all that annoying niggly information you hate entering and you have to sign and submit. And I will say as much as I didn't want to do it and this in almost any other case I would have put off much longer, I was motivated to do it because it became interesting to me, Mm -hmm. right? Because if the brain is wired for interest and not importance, it became It was interesting to me because I needed answers, right? needed answers, yeah. So it took about two weeks for the actual screening. It was about an hour-long call. She asked me a lot of questions. She told me before the end of the call that she was very sure that I had ADHD and anxiety. After that, she told me that she would like me to start on ADHD medication first And then later we would add the anxiety medication. I was shocked that by the end of this call, I was in tears because in all of her questions about ADHD and anxiety and through me reflecting on it a lot over the last month or two and taking notes on my anxiety and my ADHD tendencies, it was like a wave that hit me that I have been living with this pain for years, definitely my whole motherhood, if not longer. And as we spoke about on our last couple of episodes, that a lot of these things get magnified in motherhood. And 
I, I just, I, cu I couldn't keep it together. And after that meeting, which was in the morning at like eight o'clock, I literally cried on and off that entire day. And I did not see that coming. I thought I, I was pretty convinced I was going to be diagnosed. I thought I would hear the diagnosis and think, all right, that's what I thought. Now we can move forward. Instead, I was like, holy shit. Like, why could the last six years of my life been so much better if I had done this sooner. And I am in a much worse state than I actually realized because I have been living in discomfort and fear for a really long time. And and it yeah. made me sad. I relate to that very deeply. My oldest is 17. And I, you know, Stacey and I, I had the aha moment during one of our, when, when we were recording the first episode that while I've always had anxiety and I've always, I've always, I've always had ADHD, the, the motherhood element made everything that much more intense. And it wasn't until motherhood that I started to have these feelings of like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't want to live like this anymore. And I spent 17 years struggling without ADHD meds and even, and the anxiety meds I didn't get until 2019 when my, when my daughter broke her arm. So the fact that you look back and think, could I have felt better for this whole time is hard. And yet for me, when I got my diagnosis, it felt like a straight up victory lap. It was like, I have answers. I, I felt I didn't feel any guilt or shame or, and like, I, I wasn't tuned in on the, like the wasted years or anything. I was just like, I've got it. I figured it out. I understand. And it felt totally jubilant for me. And when I was texting with Stacy after her appointment Friday, I could tell instantly that is not what the experience was like for you. Yes. And I, I could never have guessed that. I did not see that coming. Right. And I, and I think that's so emotional. Well, I mean, I, I've read a lot about women, you know, motherhood aged women in 30s and 40s and, and feeling shame and feeling guilt and feeling all of these. And, and I was like, ah, oh, fuck that. I feel great. This is such great news. But I don't think that the, I, I don't know that my response is the typical one. I, I wonder if it's more common when you get that diagnosis to have. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I like we all we all process it the way we did. But I think it's important to showcase that if you get a diagnosis, you might feel relieved and jubilant and great grateful, or you might have a sense of grief about time wasted. You might have a sense of shame or disappointment in yourself. You might have deep anxiety about what this means and what comes next. So I think the bottom line is wherever you fall on the spectrum of reacting to a diagnosis, like be prepared for the fact that it is going to bring up some emotions for you. Some of them might be really positive and some of them might not. I will say that if you've ever had like a fight with your husband or a, like your close friend and leading up to that moment, you had a lot of anxiety in approaching that person with what you wanted to talk to them about or what's been bothering you that eventually just exploded and you got in a huge fight. You felt really yucky and tight leading up to it and it felt really scary and emotional during the fight. But then this has been my experience, at least the, the week following the fight, it's like this release, right? Mm -hmm. I'm doing this downward motion with my hand. If you're listening and you can't <laughs> see me, I Friday, the day I got diagnosed felt like the worst day ever, but 
that Saturday and Sunday, and even this whole week, I have felt lighter than I have in a really long time because I let it go. Like I put it all out there. I recognized how I've been feeling all of these years. I got a diagnosis. I have next steps. I was very, very open and honest with my husband about everything that happened and how affected and and sad and anxious I have been for so long. And it was just all out there and I wasn't holding it anymore. And it felt really fucking good. So yes, it was really, really bad day of and even leading up to it. But like the moments after, it's worth it for those reasons. Okay, that is beautiful. And so I guess that's another thing. Like it just, if you don't instantly have that feeling of relief, like hang in there, you'll probably get to a point where where it does make you feel lighter. That just sounds so cathartic. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the medication element? Because that was something that you, and similarly, I was like, I don't want medication as much as I want validation. I wanted absolution. I wanted to know this is why you are the way you are. But then my mind, I started to think, but what if I take medication and these things that are such a struggle for me, what if they get better? You know, but you, you were coming at it from an even more anti-med standpoint than I was originally. So tell us, talk us through that. Yeah. So I've said before on this podcast, but it's worth restating here. My background before I started this was health and nutrition. I was a paleo food blogger. I was a certified health coach. I was a personal wellness chef. My whole world was health and nutrition and very whole unprocessed life, right? I've also had episodes before here on cycle syncing and the importance of listening to your body. I stopped my birth control as soon as I got married because I hated it and I felt like I was not in tune my, with my body when I was on it. And, I, and obviously we were also looking to have children, so it was necessary, but I will never go back on it because I... I love I love feeling what my body is telling me. And and in my mind that meant that it has to stay as natural and clean as possible, right? And so if you if any of you out there are listening who kind of follow what the you know a clean diet or a whole diet, you you think about everything you put in your body and how it can affect you negatively or positively. And so I went into it with that viewpoint. I told my husband before the call, I I know that they're going to prescribe me something if I am diagnosed and there's no, you know, I'm going to say no to that. You, I'm absolutely a hard no on, on prescription drugs, like unless it's like life or death, right? So that was my mindset going in. I think that was part of my fear and crying and sadness as I was finishing it because I knew during that call that I was actually considering doing the prescription for the first of my life because I was in so much pain and that I, I, I can't keep going on like this. And so my, like the real catalyst for that change was me talking with Stephanie, actually texting with her through that day. And then I think we talked leading up to the actual diagnosis. And she told me she knows that I'm really anti-prescription drugs. But actually, Steph, can you tell yeah. the audience what you told me? Well, I started taking anxiety meds in 2019 after my daughter broke her arm in, a extremely, in an extremely traumatic way. And I couldn't stop my intrusive thoughts. I was anxious all the time. I had racing thoughts. 
But if I was being honest with myself, I'd been struggling with anxiety and irritability for years. And so having this concrete reason, I remember the day that I sprinted up the stairs after I couldn't get her splint Velcro the right way. And I thought I was just going to lose my mind. I just ran upstairs and called my doctor and was like, I need to make an appointment. I need help right now. And I got on anxiety meds and it was great timing because our house flooded a month later. And then when we finally recovered from that, it was a pandemic. And I was like, oh my God, thank God I have my meds. But I really, that, that to me was the moment when I was like, I have been suffering for, for 12 years. Why didn't, why didn't I take medication sooner? Why didn't I get help sooner? And at that point I was also, I was extraordinarily clean. 2019 was like the apex of my healthiness, right? I was barely drinking alcohol, no caffeine, whole foods, taking supplements, exercising, doing yoga, meditating. I did all that stuff and it couldn't stop. It wouldn't stop the way that I felt so tightly wound, a, just a, a ball of anxiety, a short fuse. I didn't want to feel that way anymore. I'd been in therapy for years. It's not like I was like, I'm just going to not take care of my body, never exercise and not examine any of my issues. Like I was doing all the other things, but guess what? I needed the meds because especially now that I know I have ADHD, I know it's not just about serotonin. It's all of the neurotransmitters. It's dopamine. It's right. And, and I needed some chemical rebalancing. There's only so much you can do for yourself sometimes. And if you have high blood pressure, you're probably going to need to take high blood pressure medication. And so my big realization when I started taking meds was, why didn't I do this sooner? I have spent so much of my motherhood living with guilt because I felt like I was deeply inadequate because of my my irritability, because of my short fuse, because I was so anxious. And I wish I could have gotten those years back. Pretty powerful, right? And that stuck with me. And I think about this podcast and all of the things we've talked about, our struggle with playing with our children, our mom guilt, our ambivalence. I, I, I want to enjoy my motherhood. I want to enjoy my children. Like this is too big of a deal to keep going on like this. And again, back to the health and nutrition, I've always believed there's nothing you can't solve with good health and good food. And I think I might be wrong. It's kind of like the friend of a friend I had who was like that too and got cancer and still kept going all the way till she couldn't anymore on just using supplements and natural treatments. And it did not end well. And I'd like to think that if I had cancer, that I would consider the importance of both modern medicine and, you know, Eastern medicine, whatever you want to call it together, right? Yes. Like I can put them together. Like yes. I believe that having a high fat, my good fat diet will help me with my anxiety so I can continue to eat all of the avocados Absolutely. and all of the salmon and drink lots of water and get my sleep and I can take meds and that's okay. And it's not an addictive drug. There's really no downside to this. I try it. I see what yes, happens. You if, try it. Mm -hmm. If I notice huge life improvements, like thank God I tried it. If it doesn't work for me, maybe I try a different one or maybe I go down the route of like therapy, which I am not in right now. I don't see anybody to help me cope through my anxiety and my ADHD. It felt scary at first and now it feels like this huge sigh of relief, like it's okay. It's it okay, is. Stacey. 
And you get to, like you said, they're not mutually exclusive. You know the benefits of tailoring a diet to your needs. You you know how much we can do for ourselves when we're living in a healthy way, but it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. And I would never stop going to therapy just because I'm on medication. To me, it's always been therapy plus meds. And one of my friends who struggled with postpartum depression wrote in Mothering Through the Darkness, which is an essay collection that, that Jessica and I edited. And her piece, she, she talks about how she was saved by a combination of meditation and medication because she is into mindfulness, meditation, all that. It was like, guess what? Both, you know? Yeah. Yeah, And I do want to say that for people who might get a diagnosis and end up trying a med and they're like, oh my God, this sucks. This isn't helpful. I can't do this. Try a different one. I've had friends who have had to go through all, all three of the major drugs and extended release, short-term release. Give them, give the process a try. There are some people where meds, it, it doesn't help, but I would encourage you not to just try one and then be like, this isn't for me because it was a very unique body chemistry pairing, you know? So you you may need to try a few different ones till you get the right fit. But also right now, unfortunately, there are med shortages. And for a long time, Adderall was really difficult to get. I think Vyvanse might be, I take Ritalin and right now there is not a shortage with that. But but be, be aware of that as part of the experience and something that you might encounter. Don't be deterred, like still stick with it, but just have that on your radar. And also when you talk to your insurance after you've had your ADHD screening, let's say you have been diagnosed, the next step is to try a prescription. It would have saved me a lot of time if instead of just trusting that I gave them a pharmacy and I was going to go pick it up to first call my insurance. Do I need to be on the generic Vyvanse right. or the you know name brand Vyvanse? I never knew this was a thing, but there are certain pharmacies that accept your insurance and others that don't. So I went to King Super's pharmacy because when I called around to find out where Vyvanse was in stock, that was where it was in stock. And then I got there and they said, my insurance is not covered under King Super's pharmacy. Didn't know that was a thing. Right. I had I to go either. to CVS. Okay. So call your insurance because I ended up calling four different pharmacies going to two different pharmacies. And I still don't have my medication and that all could have been resolved. Maybe it sounds simple to you by calling my insurance first right. and making sure I knew what was covered. And you might need to meet your deductible before you can start paying just a copay for your insurance. It it might be expensive upfront, a good tip is to go to goodrx.com and they do offer coupons on on prescription medication like Vyvanse. Right. And I, I take the generic of Ritalin, so it's just simply a $30 copay for me, deductible or not. So just know what the tiers are of your of your pharmacy needs. And yes, save yourself some time if you're on the phone looking for a provider with your insurance company, maybe ask the med question as well. And we would love to, if anyone has more questions or needs a follow-up, we are happy to be a resource for you. So if you're listening to this episode and you want to reach out to us at hello at motherplusser.com, you can do that. You can find us on Instagram also. We're happy to talk more about this. Mm -hmm. Steph and I have a little dream of creating a community of ADHD moms and creating a safe space where we can talk about 
all of our struggles and our wins and help each other with stuff like this. Like, oh, you know, you got to call your insurance or have you tried goodrx.com? And oh, this pharmacy has it, that kind of thing. Right. Or so, what's what's your strategy for getting through this task that you hate? Or like I've just in the last month, I've picked up on all of these different strategies and hacks and things to help with my executive functioning. And truly my house is running more smoothly. And it is, I think it is probably part meds for me, but I think it's also just this awareness. So we would love to help each other out. So that's another thing. If you're like, yes, please me, I join a community of moms who have ADHD so we can just have like a, a great big safe space. Let us know. If you have an inkling, if you have been thinking about it, and you are curious to see if you have ADHD, even if you, like me, have zero desire to be on any medication, do it. Absolutely 100% do it. And I'm not saying do the medication. I'm saying go through the screening process. It is so, so helpful and, and such a weight lifted off by knowing and, and coming up with your next steps. Yep. Thank you for listening and thank you for being open to new ideas with us. Yep. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Hey, friends. If this message resonates with you, if you feel like you're with us on our messy, messy motherhood journey and you are so happy that somebody is finally talking about this stuff, please do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast. When you subscribe, it helps other moms like us find this community. It helps grow this beautiful, creative, quirky, loud tribe. For so long, we felt so alone. And then Steph and I found each other. And then you found us. So if you subscribe, we can grow this thing together. And thank you, as always, for listening. We appreciate more than you'll ever know.